This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. This is a real interesting start to this episode of First Down Dynasty. Let me tell you... I am the Crab, joined across the internet, multiple county highways, stateways, and parkways is Bill Nye, the fantasy guy, and he is right now in deep thought and deep contemplation. Because a couple of weeks ago, we teased that we would make a trade live on air, and it never really came to fruition. It was... uh, It was a trade that was of little consequence at the end of the day, but we right now... We're off air talking about whether or not we should make a trade. I'm in a position in one league where I can't do anything in the playoffs. My team is sort of meandering, middling, whatever you may say about it. And Will is right on the precipice of being a top three team. And I made him an offer to put him at that point, possibly be a top team altogether. And right now, that stunned silence you hear is still Will thinking about whether or not he should make this trade. Now, Will, I don't want you to tell the people what the offer is. By the way, find us on social media at FDD underscore uh, ethos and BNK radio on the X Twitter, the whole thing. Hey, bud. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. What, what, What are we thinking? Um, well, I'm consulting a source. Oh, with the source? Not not that source, but oh, a source. See, well, the, we, we can't reveal the source. Oh, man. The source would be a ridiculous, ridiculous reveal. I don't know if the people are ready for the source. <laughs> <sighs> um, but we're, we'll, we'll keep that tight lip. But, you know, based on what I'm projected to give up, the source is suggesting I get a little bit more back. That is an interesting proposition. What more does the source say that you should get back? Because I, I, I am not just giving you nothing here. I, I, you do understand this. I understand this, and obviously, it is a proven commodity versus a slightly unproven but highly, uh, highly valued commodity, and a few other highly valued. Oh, of course. I'm not sitting here saying that one piece, like, what I'm giving you is the sum of the parts that I'd be getting back, I believe. And and, um... and, 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 you're, and, and whoever you're consulting, this high and almighty source might be a family member of the show, who knows? They're, they're, they're suggesting that you should get more out of me. Now, I, I have to ask, because t- today, in the league that matters most to us, it was told to me by multiple people, people make moves with me in mind so I don't make my team better. Hmm. Is this person, whoever you're discussing this with, operating in the same faith? Are they it saying, has, because it's it- me that you should try to extract and squeeze to see if you can get anything extra out of me? Or are they no. looking out for your best interest? They, it is for my best interest. It has nothing to do with you. You are not even mentioned as the opposite party. 
Oh, that's nice to hear. Um, hang on, let me just take a look at something. All right, and in the meantime, I'll go ahead and tell the people that um, uh, we are recording this a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So before we get into any nitty-gritty, 100%, hope you enjoy the upcoming holiday with you and the people that matter most to you. doesn't necessarily have to be family. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your pet. Maybe you enjoy the solitude in the holiday. And honestly, if you do, more power to you. Sometimes I feel the same exact way. And I do feel uh, a certain... Oh, wait, hold on, yeah. Would you be willing to include one of the two tight ends on your bench? One of the two tight ends on my bench. I can give you... Um, Let me see. Oh, yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, Um, uh, I can give you... I can give you Patty. I would be okay with that. And then I could say that would be good. All right. It, the, the ball is in your court, sir. I have since amended the offer to include Mr. Muth. And it is up to you whether or not you choose to accept the terms Private, of the agreement. Well, Private, this is a big deal. On yeah. air, off air, we've done some trades, but nothing quite like this. And overall, you know how tentative I am overall with trading. Oh, yes. And I typically do not like to trade first round picks. I understand that. And especially because it's me. Um, I have been accused of doing terrible things to very many people when it comes to trade negotiations. And I can understand that, like, you, you, I, I say literally all the time, up until very recently, because that's just the way the pendulum has swung recently. You are better at fantasy football than I am most of the time. Definitely not this year. I, I won't. I did. Hey, hold on. What, what, what did I say? I said I up know, until very I'm, recently. I know, but I'm very well saying. I, I think last year is when the pendulum started to swing. Especially in redrafts, because I, I, I placed either one or two in four out of the four redrafts that were in together. And I was in... All four of them. I was in all four playoffs. I was six or three in most. Yeah. So that that is the way that the pendulum has been swinging lately. And it's partially because of my aggressive nature when it comes to making trades. Hmm. Sometimes I win them. And sometime I, sometimes I lose them, and I am not ashamed to go ahead and lose a trade if necessary. But we, 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 we can talk about this as we move through the show. We have a lot of more injury news because this year is, uh, like every year, the year of the injury. Unfortunately, another starting quarterback has been ruled out for the remainder of the season. Joe Burrow, in his throwing hand, he tore a ligament. He's done for the year, which sucks because this uh, the Bengals are five and five, and boy oh boy, there it is, agreed to, signed, sealed, and delivered. My pleasure doing business with you, sir. Uh, pleasure as always. So back and back to Joe Burrow, it is. This, um, this should be this should be fun. I'm I'm excited to see the uh, the, the reaction. The, the reaction the, is always fun. The the ripples that this will cause, but Joe Burrow has been ruled out for the season. Torn ligament in his throwing hand. The Cincinnati Bengals were five and five after their loss to the Baltimore Ravens, leading the AFC North at eight and three after this past Thursday. This is a killer for them. 
It's a killer for Chase. It's a killer for T if he could ever find his way back onto the field. It's a killer for everybody but Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon might actually see some sort of boost from this. And goddamn, does he need a boost? I mean, T. Higgins, knowing that this was basically a contract year because they are most likely not bringing him back, could you imagine a worse season for a guy like T? Injuries, 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 comes back somewhat productive, more injuries, and now you lose your quarterback. So the likelihood of you putting up anything significant is highly unlikely. Now, will all this really affect anything come the offseason? No, not not really. He's still going to get a solid contract, but is it going to be quite as good as it probably could have been? You know, it, it did cost him a little bit this year, but he's still going to, you know, be a top receiver on the market. But now you question, is is he capable of, you know, playing a full season? Is these injuries adding up? Someone will still pay him, but definitely not, you know, quite a significant contract as he was looking at just a few months ago. I do feel bad for him because for a while, tea time was one of my favorite times in all of the NFL. But unfortunately, this year, the table hasn't been set nearly as much as I'd like it to be. I do feel for T. Higgins. I feel for Bengals fans everywhere because for a while they were the laughing stock of the NFL. And then Joe Cool comes in, turns around the culture, hurt his rookie year, started out slow this year because of that hamstring. And now he's hurt again, forced to miss the remainder of the 2023 season, including if and somehow if the Bengals do make the playoffs. But that's not all. Aaron Jones is now. Um, Expected to miss one to three weeks with an MCL injury. And right when the Packers start to look okay, they had a nice comeback from behind victory against the Chargers. But at this point, who hasn't had a comeback from behind victory against the Chargers except the Jets? <laughs> except yep, we're the, the only ones that failed. There, there are 31 other teams in the NFL, and we are the one that just can't do it. But we're not here to lament. We're not here to sulk. Well, the Jets, the Jets are famous this ye- season for being the one in a lot of things. Yeah. We're the only ones that can't come back against the Chargers. We are the one in the 9-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Go figure, because that makes perfect sense. And <laughs> we are the one team that can never seem to draft a quarterback, and we will have a new one this coming Friday. Hey, I'm 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 excited to 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 be among the ranks at MetLife Stadium. Voted the worst stadium in the entire NFL by the players. Got to put that out there, and it's so sad because it's a new stadium too, and it's automatically just the worst. Partially because it's in New Jersey, partially because the stadium is actually garbage. Well, the players hate the turf. Mm-hmm. Like every everyone knows, and they tried to fix it. It's still it's still bad. They want grass. We know this amongst the bigger facade of the players wanting grass mm-hmm. but also private if you didn't know the giants and jets share the stadium so when they were deciding to build the stadium one of these franchises wanted a like glass sheen modern look the other franchise wanted like a brick old school style building a more classic look so what they ended up doing is compromising and we got neither one of those great ideas, and we got a giant metal thing that looks like a giant air conditioner. Yeah, it ain't great, Bob. Mm. It, Nothing, not, can't really defend that at all. No, it's it, 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 
it, it looks like it's just there. There's no personality behind it, which is also kind of why I feel like it's not looked upon fondly uh, among players and fans alike. Aaron Jones, after three weeks, like we said, A.J. Dillon has not been good. They re-signed Patrick Taylor off the New England practice squad after they signed him off of the Green Bay practice squad. So a lot of back and forth going between Patrick Taylor and the Pats and Packers. Um, Another one of their running backs did get hurt also. Emmanuel Wilson, rookie this year, he got hurt uh, with his shoulder last game. Aaron Jones is hurt and A.J. Dillon apparently is hurt as well. He has a groin injury. He's been limited. Uh, and when Green Bay plays on Thursday against the Lions, right? Yes, they do. I believe so. So somebody's got to run the ball for Green Bay. I don't, Christian really, Watson. I don't really know who that's going to be. And that's not all. We have yet another injury. And I'm going to be saying that quite a few times. Cooper Cup has uh, hurt his ankle again. I know this one stings in particular for you, Will. Well, I own him in several places, so that was unfortunate. Uh, cost me a few matchups. Won a matchup in spite of him that I should have lost. So I, I don't know. This season makes no sense to me. I don't know what expectations actually mean anymore. So Cooper Cup with an ankle injury, you know what? It's unfortunate. It's supposedly relatively minor. I don't think he misses the upcoming game, but if he does, in a probably about Three out of the four places I own Cooper Cup across our 10 leagues. I also own Puka Nakua, or I own Puka without Cup. So I'm okay either way. All right. I mean, I know I know for years, you we, we've been a real big fan of Cooper Cup, just in general, even the year before he broke out. Cooper Cup has been a fan favorite here on First Down Dynasty, formerly known as BNK Radio. So whenever Cooper Cup gets hurt, and unfortunately it's been more and more, as the years have gone on, it's always a bad day. But believe it or not, that's not all. But wait, there's more, Billy Mays said, as Mark Andrews, big bad Mark Andrews, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, is now expected to miss the rest of the season with a leg injury. And this one's going to sting. This one's going to suck for the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to suck for Lamar Jackson shareholders. It's going to suck for just about everybody with a stake in the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews was Lamar's number one guy, especially when he was improvising. And that came from Lamar himself. Who do you think is going to step up to take Mark Andrews place in that offense? Um, so it's going to be one guy. You've heard the name before. He's filled in admirably whenever Andrews has been out, which hasn't been that often overall. It's going to be Isaiah Likely. And like I said, he has done very well for himself when he is the primary tight end. This offense still uses that spot as a prime piece in the red zone. That's not going to change. The difference between this year and previous years, though, is that there are still other weapons you finally have seen over the last few weeks with the wide receivers actually healthy. You know, Zay Jones incorporated the same, like a little bit more even than he has been. You've seen Odell look a little bit more like the Odell Beckham you used to know. And you've also seen Rashad Bateman actually stay on the field for a change. So there are other options, whereas previous, the last like two or three years, there really hasn't been. So that would be a little bit of a concern. 
But like I said, the tight end is crucial in this offense. Lamar loves throwing to the tight ends. So Isaiah Likely, given this news, can instantly jump into, you know, a top five or six tight end, you know, on a weekly basis just because of that system. As somebody who has a lot, a lot of him, I hope you're right. He went uh, he went catchless this past week. Only saw two targets once Andrews went down. So we'll see if he is actually able to step up. I don't know if it's likely. Sorry, I had to. It was right there. Um, <laughs> you can punch me in the face at some point later on. In the no, weekend, no, no, but we're fine. And it would be completely warranted, but... That's not all. Ken Walker is hurt. He hurt his oblique. He's doubtful to play on Thursday against the 49ers. So it's Zach Charbonnet's turn to sign Kenny McIntosh. Apparently, Pete Carroll is a big fan of his. He's going to see some playing time this week as well. And they looked real bad against the LA Rams this past week. And uh, we don't really do game previews on the show. But there are a lot on Thursday. The, the, is Zach Charbonnet somebody that you start against the Aaron Donald Rams defense? Or yes. are you just saying, nah, Ken Walker isn't there. It's too too difficult for me to do. No, dude, you, you got to start him. If there's no Kenneth Walker, that offense, uh, obviously you have now the big three receivers. But especially if Geno Smith isn't able to play on the short week, uh, who also has an elbow injury. You kind of have to get Charbonnet going. He's increased his usage the last four weeks consistently. He was taking a lot of playing time from Walker before the injury. And now if he's the guy, just the fact that he has the potential, you know, to rush for 50 to 75 yards and catch at least five balls, which is, you know, what he does even better. I don't find a way you can start. You can't not start him. That becomes a must start situation. Uh, especially given, you know, some other bad matchups this week, especially if you're hurting at running back due to some other injuries, you have to start. Absolutely have to. All right. And I need to correct myself because we, we, we got people correcting me all over the place. They played the Rams this past week. They're up against the 49ers defense this week. So the still a tough defense. The, the, the task like doesn't said, get any easier. No, still a tough defense. But and obviously this was the first week we saw San Francisco since they acquired Chase Young. That defensive line actually looks a lot more formidable than they had, even in spite of obviously the great names they have in that defense. They weren't really getting after the quarterback that much. And I think, you know, that defense is still very good, but you still are able to move the ball. And like I said, the same way, you know, that, you know, Camara gets used, the same way that you know, McCaffrey himself gets used. He's just going to be a target, especially a check down target when you're facing that defense. I just think the PPR potential most likely is just too high for a guy like Charbonnet with no other running back really there to challenge him. I think he's just going to still be able to put up solid numbers, even if like the yards per carry are, isn't great for him this coming. All right. I mean, moving forward, sure, but this this upcoming week, I, I guess you do have to start him if you've got him in lieu of the Kenneth Walker injury. They're not committing to put Walker on IR just yet. Carroll needs to know exactly what the deal is, but 
Whenever you say we're not sure that we need to put him on IR, expect him to be out three weeks at least. Obliques are tough. They're very tough. And you come back too early, and then it's two or three months if you re-injure it. So I got to believe IR is probably going to happen. I, I could see that. Another Seattle Seahawk was hurt in the Rams game, but he's expected to come back and play on Thursday. Geno Smith hurt his elbow. He should be back. Devin A. Chan got hurt this past weekend almost immediately after he saw the f- got back on the field after being injured. But he's already been practicing. He practiced today, and he should be fine playing the Jets on Friday. Um, Kyron Williams is coming back this week, so that is a huge huge boost to any running back room that has Kyron Williams in it. He was a undisputed bell cow before he got hurt. And that could be one of those, uh, not necessarily a pickup because obviously he's not available on waivers most places, but I guess a return that could be league winning. No, having no, somebody like that good. come back is crazy. Absolutely. And, you know, they were more cautious than they probably needed to be, but they made sure that he is healthy. and. Obviously, they feel strongly that he is perfectly fine because they also released Daryl Henderson, who came back and filled in admirably. Uh, So much so that I feel like he is going to get picked up by somebody. I don't think he's going to be sitting there for very long, especially with all these other injuries. Maybe, I don't know, see a Green Bay Packer team that lost all their running backs. Just saying, totally possible. And, you know, they felt comfortable releasing him. So I guess that means, you know, Kyron is 100% or pretty darn close to whatever you can be as far as 100% is concerned at this point in the season. I mean, he was off for five weeks. He missed four games and the bye. So he's going to be back and, you know, hopefully for those of us that do have some Kyron Williams on our rosters, he'll be real goddamn good when he comes back. Um, What else we got going on here? Justin Jefferson says that he doesn't give a rat's ass about your fantasy team which is a letdown for those people that do have uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, I've been saying this. I've been saying, I've been saying this since he got hurt. The timeline did not match up. And once Kirk went down. Yeah. uh, If anything, the, the timeline matched up perfectly compared to when they activated him. mm -hmm. You have three weeks to get him up to, up to speed. And then the week after that 21st day is the bye week. Yeah. So, of course, he's not going to play up until after the bye week. It just makes sense from yeah. from from keeping him healthy from a team standpoint. The team lost their first game in seven weeks this past weekend. They, 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 were, they were on a roll. So they were. They, they were going crazy. And the way that they lost sucks. But and led by Joshua Evelyn Dobbs. Joshua Evelyn Benjamin Dobbs, that is the boy. Um, uh, NASA, blah blah blah. Is just yeah, dude's insane. And he can't hold down a team. That's also kind of insane. I I think he'll start. I I think he'll have a team to hold down real soon. Um, <laughs> if it is if the Vikings don't give him a chance, I'm sure another team will. Maybe one that can't draft the quarterback they want in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised um, if he ends up if the if the Giants draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the Giants as a stopgap. Uh definitely, definitely possible. I just I can't see 
you know, we'll get into draft talk. Yeah, yeah, later, at the end later of the on, season. Later on, There's plenty obviously. of time for that. Uh, obviously. Um, um, but, like, Chicago also has a big decision because Justin Fields came back and all of a sudden the offense looked like it was functional again. Kind of. I mean, they still lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> they still lost. Well, Detroit that, is a really goddamn good Detroit. team. <laughs> yeah, of course. And how weird is that to say? That the Detroit yeah. is a really goddamn good team. Eight and two for the first time since the 60s. That's absolutely nuts. Since the 60s, Will? We we weren't born yet. Uh, and I think my my uh, my dad was like five when that happened. Uh, so that's kind of the time frame you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the fact that all those years of complete ineptitude, then all those wasted years of Calvin Johnson's career. Such a shame. But now mm-hmm. they have so many weapons that it's ridiculous. I mean... I mean, it's about time. I'm like, as a Jets fan, I'm very happy for them mm. because it's been uh, quite, it's been quite terrible, right? Yeah, and as a Jet fan, I can absolutely root for them mm-hmm. because they've been so bad along with us that I feel no animosity towards that franchise. None. So I hope they win it all, and it's not any of the AFC teams. If the Lions win the Super Bowl, it gives us hope. It gives the Jets fans hope that if a team is actually able to build the proper way, get the proper head coach with the proper mindset and the proper personnel around him. And trade for the proper quarterback because you can't develop one for shit. Then it's possible. That's all we want. As Jets fans, as Mets fans, that's all we want is just a little crumb of hope. And I know every now and again we get one and it's ripped away from us. But but seeing the success of the Detroit Lions, seeing the success of the Cleveland Browns, who are 7-3 and three and have scored more points than the Kansas City Chiefs have this year. Favorite fun fact of the year so far. Through 10 games, both teams are 7-3, and three, but the Browns have scored more points. Hilarious stuff! Seeing the yeah. Browns succeed, even, even in lieu of the Deshaun Watson trade, which might go down as the worst trade in NFL history. Uh, there's, there's definitely been worse. I, I never want to say, well, I, on the time ahead, I can't. Well, you got to give me time. You can't put okay. me on the spot like that. Okay. But there's probably been worse. But I would say the thing that would make it worse is simply the contract more so than the trade itself. Um, that I would factor into it might push that over the top. But, you know, Deshaun now out for the season. He had successful surgery on his shoulder, a shoulder that for two months no one could correctly figure out which means all your doctors suck. You should get new doctors. But, you know, they that team is built on its defense, which is ridiculous. They still have two very good running backs. And Dorian Thompson Robinson. We love these nice, long quarterback names. They're fun. But he showed you what we saw in preseason a little bit more, uh, using the legs a little bit more of the passing game. It's nice when you actually have some practice time ahead of when you're called on to start. That clearly did help a little bit. So moving forward, they have, you know, obviously a rookie that looked fairly confident, but he doesn't need to do a whole lot. That defense and that run game is what's going to carry them. So they should be fine. Okay. Okay. Imagine how much better that team would be if Nick Chubb didn't get hurt. Oh, uh, just imagine the, the, their their team would be fantastic. My one fantasy team would have, you know, probably never gotten a single <laughs> win this season. But that's neither here nor there. 
ultimately, if they had Nick Chubb with the rest of this team, that team could legitimately measure up to the Bills before the Burrow injury, the Bengals, the Chiefs, and pretty much every other team in the AFC. And you start looking at the AFC, the Bills are not what we thought they were. The Bengals without Burrow are dead in the water. The Jets obviously uh, were treading water and now not, even though reportedly, uh, which I can't process this, Rodgers wants to try to be back at practice within the next week and a half. I don't know how realistic that is, but all of a sudden it looks more and more like a two-team race in the AFC between the Chiefs, who have their own problems uh, because nobody outside of Travis Kelsey could catch the ball. MVS should be ashamed of himself for that. I mean, Travis also dropped a pass last night, too, on a, on a crucial third down. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of like the weird situation that I also see with Garrett Wilson. Just when you're the only guy, you feel so much pressure to make every catch that you start making mistakes. Um, but basically between them and Baltimore right now, the Baltimore team is running on all cylinders, and the Chiefs just for the greatness of Mahomes. Outside of them, and I guess, you know, if you want to toss the Dolphins in there because they can be explosive. I do not want to toss the Dolphins in there. But it's them two, and then I'd probably say Cleveland as number three right now, which is absolutely crazy. That's weird. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, Pittsburgh finally fired Matt Canada, so maybe they'll actually, you know, do something. Oh, thank you, God. Yeah. Let's... And you want to know, you want your history? That is the first time the Pittsburgh Steelers have fired a coach in season since 1941. Wow. That's a, That's a stat for you. Yeah. It's, it's fun facts and stats today here on First Down Dynasty. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, oh, man. Like, it's got to be a complete shit show for, for that to happen, especially if you heard Tomlin on the presser today. Um, he prided himself on being able to shield his coaches from uh, from any other type of criticism because he was the head coach and everything is supposed to fall on him. And that's admirable. But you, you, when your quarterback ha- throws touchdowns for a less percentage of his throws than Zach Wilson does, there is yeah, something just... horribly wrong going on in your building. And maybe Matt Canada is the reason for it. Maybe it's not. Maybe Kenny Pickett is just straight garbage. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, honestly. Kenny Pickett is absolutely straight garbage. At least that's how I feel. He's he he's Zach Wilson with a little bit lower draft capital. Yeah, pretty much. That's basically Still a first-round pick. Yep. And you know, it hasn't worked out. But reportedly, when the players are voicing displeasure at a certain point, the head coach knows he's going to make a choice because if the choice is the players or the coach and he's going to lose the locker room, the coach is gone. 100%. It's just, not, it's just not something that he's typically had to deal with because he's run uh, that franchise so well with the front office there that it's never gotten to that point. And like with Big Ben and all his issues and with uh, Todd Haley and those problems with between the two of them for all those years, it never got to this point, so you know it had to have been bad. So there's really nothing you can do. And moving forward, obviously it can't get much worse. I say that, and we as Jet fans know 
what we saw as offense the first six weeks of the season. Over the last four, it's gotten much worse. So it technically can get worse. But you figure if Kenny Pickett is statistically the worst quarterback in the league, that there's got to be some kind of uptick, or at the very least, uptick for both either Najee Harris or Jalen Warren. Warren, and the latter is you know very very explosive, and he I don't I think it's still considered a fairly even split. I think they're still splitting the touches evenly with him and Najee Harris, but you know moving forward, I kind of would expect Warren to take it a little bit further. Um, you know, it, it's as the lead back. Yeah, it's exactly what Pollard and Zeke were last year. That's the easiest comparison you can make. It's not necessarily a Mark Ingram, Malvin Kamara type dynamic. It's Zeke on his last legs in Dallas versus the young upstart in Tony Pollard. I mean, Najee's not on his last legs. He's only three years. No, into he's the still league, very young. But that's the dynamic in the backfield that you see. Jalen Warren. Is take he's literally forcing the coaching staff to give him more touches. Every Absolutely. time he touches the ball, he's been electric with it. Scored over twenty points in his last, um, and in the last game, over a hundred yards on the ground. Dude, dude's incredible. And I've I've been a fan of his for a while. Will has also been a fan of his since he's been in the league since last year, and uh, we hope that he continues to thrive. Uh, I just the, my, my only difference is I just I never thought Najee was necessarily that bad. Oh uh, no, but Warren I mean, is I, just a different type of running. I mean, people have been calling Najee Trent Richardson since he was drafted. Were they though? Because I remember everyone was hype about him after his rookie year. Yeah, it kind of happened. He was still an early draft pick. All right, whatever. whatever. I'll, I'll agree to disagree with you on that. Um, but hopefully you and I are on more of the same page for the next seg, which is something that we've never done before. Mm. I'm a little excited for it. Um, Like I said at the top of the show, this is Thanksgiving week. Um, Will and I actually play each other in a few leagues this week. So first and foremost, I wish you nothing but success for the upcoming weeks. <laughs> and... Uh, I hope I win in the league that matters most because that clinches me a first round bye. I hope I win so I stay out of the gutter and do not have to provide any catering services. I I mean you, you have cooked for us before. You you made solid meatballs. No, that that's also very true, but also see technically in spite of how bad my season has been, I have not actually been eliminated yet because the bottom half of this league is very tight together. And even though it's extremely unlikely, I still technically have a shot. So <laughs> so what you're saying is technically you have a chance. I, I technically have a chance. I, I, I wish you nothing but success. I'm uh, 50 weeks out of the year most <laughs> of the time. But uh, I mean, actually, at this point, it's more like 45 because we play each other a lot. We well when you're when you're in like nine leagues together, you're, it's bound to happen. Especially this year, which I played you in like three or four leagues within the first two weeks, which means they, those leagues have double matchups in the first mm-hmm. place. It's it's I've lost track of the wins and losses. I could calculate them if you want to, but it's not important. Um, 
it's fun for us in general. We've had ups and downs, so. Yeah. Um. Uh, you you have had my number most of this year, so I will give you that. Um. You just haven't really. Had... Hey, you took the two this weekend, though. Yeah. I, I I hope I get these two again. Um. You just also haven't had anybody else's number, which is part of the problem. Yeah, it's been a bad year. <laughs> it, it has been a bad. That's why I'm year trying to year. salvage the like two leagues I have left. So, let's get into this little segment right here. Um, we don't have a name for it because we've never done anything like this before, and I'm excited to do it. Like I said, Thanksgiving is coming up two days from the day of recording, and hopefully you and those you love, or you by yourself, will be able to enjoy a table fit for a king with all sorts of different food and delicacies from wherever you might be listening from. And those foods are obviously in order of importance you have the turkey and then you have certain sides and those are also in a hierarchy so what will and i want to do is take our favorite fantasy football players and put them on your thanksgiving table in order of importance we're going to put together a thanksgiving hierarchy of fantasy football players i expect this to go terribly and i'm very excited well no you just you you do different (laughs) things you're not gonna be able to attach every player but you try to do a few things and Kravit, I'm going to start with one of my favorite dishes on Thanksgiving, and that's mashed potatoes. Oh. Mashed, mashed potatoes are good over reliable, and you can have them a few different ways, but you know what? It's really hard to mess up mashed potatoes. So solid. My favorite. And right now, to me, it's good over reliable, and good over reliable as far as fantasy especially this season, is none other than Keenan Allen. Ooh, I was Keenan gonna... Allen is healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, but no. Keenan Allen is healthy, and especially with the injuries to the other wide receivers, he has just taken that game up to another level, especially the last few weeks. Ten catches each of the last two weeks and over 100 yards and a touchdown. And... You know, he's getting up there in age, but he has not lost a step by any stretch of the imagination. And somehow they still find ways to lose all these games, but at least Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert are falling together. I'm glad you started with Reliable, and I'm glad you started with the wide receiver because I too have a wide receiver that is considered to be not necessarily old Reliable, but over the past two years he has been nothing but reliable and part of the reason why the Detroit Lions have been so resurgent and have been so dominant as of late five touchdowns on the year he's the wide receiver six in half PPR um Amon Ross St. Brown has been nothing short of the epitome of consistency all season long and half PPR excuse me I got all choked up talking about him He's missed one game so far. He missed week five against Carolina. Other than that, his worst game on the year, it was a six-catch, 102-yard effort. There aren't too many people that you could say that about and not not just smile. Because I'm on Ross St. Brown. He, he, he also does pop a little bit. He has a couple of you know 20-point games in half PPR, which obviously translates to more in PPR. But if you want consistency, if you want there for you each and every week, every down, every game, he's going to do something special for you, and it's come to be expected. To me, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. 
Yep, that is that is a young hotness reliable right there. Young young heater, young heater. heater. That that, right. <laughs> that is Amon Ross St. Brown. So for 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 my next one, um, a lot of times you'll you'll have that side dish that's hit or miss, mm. and for me that's stuffing. Sometimes stuffing can be really good. It's dried out. It's gross, but sometimes it's perfectly crispy on the outside, a little chewy on the inside with the chicken stock and vegetables and everything coming out of the turkey. Sometimes some, sometimes it makes the plate, but sometimes if not prepared correctly, if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, it, 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 ruins, it ruins the entire experience for you. And sometimes it's not the stuffing's fault. Sometimes it's the person who prepares the stuffing, or in this case, maybe it's the fault of the person who prepares the game plan. Maybe this person doesn't know how to use everything around him to put together the stuffing to make the dish better. So for me, the stuffing is none other than B. John Robinson. Mm. Because let me tell you, when B. John Robinson is on, he's on. B. John Robinson has been great for a few weeks this year. Uh, he he he's the number eighteen running back in PPR right now. He he has had some solid games, some really good games. He's only got two touchdowns on the year though. He's only got six hundred yards on the ground so far. Excuse me, uh, only a hundred and twenty-five attempts in your rookie year. You don't really like to see it. Four catching touchdowns. Also has lost two fumbles. But my issue with Bajan Robinson is the consistency issues, and that to me. With the stuffing, that's where the problem lies. Because Arthur Smith can't do anything with the ingredients he's got around him. He's got Pitts, he's got London, and he's got that B. John mustard right there in front of him, and he just can't seem to make it happen. He It's a perfect recipe for success, and he finds ways to mess it up more often than he should. And I feel like of all, of all the role players on that offense who should be performing better than they are, but John Robinson is at the top of that list. Nope, absolutely. You could pretty much say that about most of that offense. Actually. I honestly, I, I thought about making it the Atlanta Falcons in general, but I, I wanted to narrow it down to one guy. No, that's fair. And I'm going to essentially do the same thing. Because another aspect of Thanksgiving is you know, somewhat less thought about, but it's always on everyone's table. Everyone always has, along with all the sides and the mains, Everyone's got either, you know, those biscuits or rolls on the table. Holiday rolls. And they go very quickly off the table if you're not careful. Everyone wants one. And that is surmised by the Dolphins offense and more specifically Tyreek Hill. Tasty. Absolutely goes lightning quick. But it's never the main attraction. It's always something that you enjoy off to the side, but you temper because you only want to have like one. You want to spend time eating everything else. The Dolphins offense and Tyreek Hill are kind of like that because in, obviously in spite of us facing them this week, overall that team just feels like while it's going to be good, it's not the reason why we're there at the end of the season. And Tyreek Hill has had a magnificent season. He's over 1,200 yards. He's nine touchdowns. He's going to about to be 
Oh, it'll actually be interesting to see who's first, him or McCaffrey, to double-digit uh, um, touchdowns in one area. McCaffrey's got 14 on the season, but nine rushing. So overall, I feel like it's the same thing. You have speed with Mostert, speed with A-Shane. You have speed with Tyreek Hill. So a lot of flair, but overall as a team, not as much substance and not as much care. So they got to get pushed off to the side. I, I could understand that. Um, I, I got another one, and it's sort of like a newcomer to to, to the table. Like you, you'll always have you'll always have new things come every year. Like somebody will make like a squash thing. Somebody will make a candied potato, like a candied sweet potato. You know, with the marshmallows on top. Somebody, somebody will always find a way to bring something new and exciting to the table. Um, you could, you, you, you could attribute that to any side dish you could possibly think of. But to me, the, the, the new, the new kid on the block who can potentially have staying power for quite some time is a rookie. He is on the Houston Texans. And he is not C.J. Stroud because I think I I think that's where you thought I was going with it. We don't respect quarterbacks nearly as much as we should here on First Down Dynasty, and I feel I feel bad for having the views about them that I do. Over the past three weeks, Tank Dell has had 11, 14, and 10 targets, over 250 yards receiving, and four touchdowns. Granted, that was against Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, and Arizona. The schedule gets much harder towards the end of the year against the Jets, against the Broncos, and against the Cleveland Browns in Week 16 during most semifinal weeks. But my God, Tank Dell has the staying power of a good side dish that hits hard immediately. And along with C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins, that offense in general is just going to light it up for a very, very, very long time. Tank Dell is that dude. I really got nothing else to add to that. He has been insanely good over the past month or so, and I can't foresee that slowing down anytime soon. No, he's been good. That entire franchise has been revitalized. Look what amazing what a quarterback can do for that. Uh, so we mentioned a few sides. The main dish, the turkey itself. Always the centerpiece. If you don't have gravy, you're doing it wrong. Also, just FYI. Ooh, those are fighting words. Those are fighting words, but I stand by them. But the turkey itself, the main reason you're here, I mean, there's a few directions you could go for, for that. To me, I but... disagree. There is only one direction you can go for the turkey, and it's why I left this person off some of the big big marquee side dishes. Well, I mean, there's, there's two people in mind, but mm. ultimately, I think we're going to be in agreement the turkey, the main reason we're all here is Christian McCaffrey. 100%. White meat dude for a white meat turkey. Absolutely. The dude does it all. And, you know, could anyone have wished for a trade and been so happy the day he got the call and said, yeah, you're going to San Francisco. And it's like his career was revitalized to the most ridiculous extent. He has become an absolute monster again. I think even more so than his time with Cam in uh, Carolina. 
And it's not like, like he's seeing any insane. less. It's not like he's seeing any less usage either. If anything, he's seeing more usage than he did in Carolina. But the way that he's being used sort of helps him stay healthier. And his schedule to close out the season is great. He plays Philadelphia in Week 13, who is giving up the least amount of points to running backs. But I think Christian McCaffrey is sort of matchup proof at this point. He's only scored less than 20 points twice all year long. And he has a touchdown in every game but one. And that came against Jacksonville, where he still put up 20 points. 95 yards rushing, six catches for 47 yards. At the end of the day, when you're giving thanks, when you're about to dig into that table, and if you're somebody who prays, you look up to the skies and you say, Shiva Kamini Soma Kanar Krum, thank you very much for putting Christian McCaffrey on my plate and allowing me to eat this delicious meal. And hopefully, uh, unless you're in any league where I am, because I have zero Christian McCaffrey shares, he leads you to the promised land, and that promised land is obviously going to be a championship. I, I had the opportunity to draft him in one league, and I didn't. You took Chase instead. I took Jamar Chase instead. I mean... and <sighs> it, Well, going into the season, you were hoping now it turns out it's the absolute worst situation. So, yeah, that that, that that's unfortunate. But ultimately, you know, what are you going to do? I, I mean... You're, you're going to keep trucking along. That's what that's what I've been doing. That's what you've been doing. And that's what everybody listening to First Down Dynasty has been doing. Just trucking along, making the best moves you can make, trying to win every matchup you can unless you're tanking. And then you make live trades on air to make your team better or worse, depending on uh, how you're trying to structure your team. And uh, we made a trade live on air for the first time ever. We've been doing some sort of a fantasy football show since, I think, 2017. Yeah, but we actually, uh, side side note to that, we haven't actually said what the trade was. Do, do you want to tell the people or do you want to you want to hold it to ourselves? You want to keep it close? No, to no, I, th- I think we should, we should tell the people. I traded my Anthony Richardson and my next two first-round picks for Kravitz, Josh Allen, and Pat Fryermuth. Um, so, uh, I, like I said, I am unable to make the playoffs this year and probably next year is going to be a long shot too. So I decided to cut my losses and I decided that I wanted to start to trade everything away and do my best. And now that that trade has gone off, I think it's going to start a ripple effect because this is the, this is the week for trade deadlines, either last week or this week. It is. And, um, I hope that you our listeners are able to make the trades that you want to make to improve your team's standing either for the short term or the long term. Go ahead and try to trade for your tank Dells. If you can, it's going to be real tough to go ahead and try to trade away Austin Eckler. If you can, although his schedule towards the end of the year is incredible. So maybe you can use that as a little bit of a dangling chip, so to speak, if you want, who, who, who's somebody that you're trying to target in a trade. If you're a contender, that you think can put you over the top, that's reasonable. Most most people aren't trading away Josh Allen. Who, who's a position player that you think can put people over the top this trade deadline season to say, I have this guy now, along with everybody else, I can make a run to the title? Uh, it, it's hard to gauge with Dynasty compared to Redraft because you have a, a lot of the guys that you would think about have you know a lot more value because they're typically going to be you know, younger guys or, you know, fill in. So you're going to have to pry them away from a team that's probably out of it and is 
like still building even more so for the future. You know, I look at a few different guys and guys that haven't had the greatest seasons. Uh, I would look to probably, I would take a shot on a guy like Calvin Ridley. He probably obviously had a great game this past week. You can probably get him for a fraction of what he might have cost you even two months ago. So I definitely think that's a guy. And as far as younger guys, I would take a look at guys like, you know, maybe a Demario Douglas could provide solid usage the rest of the season. I know, like, there's still a little bit uncertainty about the quarterback in New England. But a guy like that that's going to see a large uptick due to injuries in production, he showed you right before the bye two straight games over 10 points. So nothing crazy, but definitely, you know, can provide solid depth and solid flex appeal for a team, especially if you're struggling with injuries yourself. So I do like a guy like that. And, you know, sometimes guys come out of nowhere. You know, we mentioned Isaiah Likely. Um, you might be able to capitalize on, you know, someone trying to just get anything for him if they may not be in it. I also like a guy maybe like Khalil Shakir from uh, from Buffalo. Just because his name is not Robert, who is who is that guy we hate again? You're gonna make me say his name. Okay, fine, I'll say it. This is basically Khalil Shakir is not Gabe Davis. Damn right. And has seen an uptick. Now, not a whole lot of targets just yet. So it's not like anything kind of like a guarantee, but he has seen an uptick in usage and clearly is decently explosive in his own right. And Stefan Diggs is not happy and this is a mess, but you know what? I think with a new offensive coordinator, he could be someone nice for the end of the season as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in my head that's really like someone you could pry away. That's the real test. Um, uh, there's got to be a mid-tier guy. Kind yeah, of. maybe like a Khalil Herbert. A Khalil Herbert might might work. Um, a Rahad White uh, might be available as well. What about a guy like Evan Engram? Brian Robinson is, is is the running back four on the year, which is one hilarious. Nobody dared dream of that going into the season. Um, is that somebody that you think could be had for the right price? Um, yeah, most definitely. And you know, definitely a solid addition. Yeah. You know, maybe a guy like Jalen Waddle is as far as the upper Ooh. tier guys that might be available. Probably, uh, you know, not having a great year, especially compared to some of the other weapons on that offense, and could probably be had, and, you know, maybe provide a solid depth option, uh, wide receiver three numbers uh, right now, but obviously not old by any stretch, so someone you may be able to pry away cheaper than, you know, they have been uh, in the re- in recent past. So I like that as well. Um, I think Brian Robinson and Calvin Ridley are two excellent trade targets if you are trying to buy and you need to put your team over the top. They could be had, I think, not cheaply, but for reasonable prices as opposed exactly. to people trying to get you to overspend on other positions. Um, Next week is going to be a skip, unfortunately, I think for for us depending on how our week lines up we are going away next week 
Yes, we are. So I'm not entirely sure what it will look like. Maybe we'll have something on the docket for you. Just a quick half hour of power. Maybe a quick sum to keep the mouth moist while you wait for us to come back in two weeks. We are celebrating the upcoming nuptials of a very, very, very dear friend. Family to both Will and myself. So we got it. We got we got to do what we got to do. We're people outside of the show, but we'll do our best to get you something on the podcast feed, which is wherever you find a podcast on Spotify to um, any anywhere. Really, you can find us on social media on X at FDD underscore ethos or at BNK radio. You could try to find us on Facebook, but your chances are you're not a boomer and don't use Facebook. Um, do you have anything else left to say to the people before we sign off for this Thanksgiving week, Will? Uh, yes. Uh, a few weeks ago, I traded Trey McBride right before he took over. And you're welcome, Universe, because that trade dictated that he become a tight end stud. And he is that right now. I appreciate you very much. He's Will on the crowd. We will see you next time right here on First Down Dynasty. Have a good night, everybody.